Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and my purpose is to help women grow their online businesses, influence, and income with ease. If you're ready to drop the excuses and start showing up as the boss you know you're meant to be, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello. Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and I'm about to lose my ever-loving mind. Okay? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What a day. What a time to be alive in general. I've just got a lot to share. Um, If you're wondering why I sound so frustrated right now, it's because I am. I've been trying to record this daggum episode for over an hour now. I am back in my closet, a new closet. We've moved houses and it's really exciting, but my office doesn't have anything else in it besides my computer and my desk and it is way too echoey. So I got my laptop, I came in here, and I went to record, but the regular software that I use to record my podcasts, it's called Audacity. I love it because it's very user-friendly. I went to pull that open, and it wouldn't work because I had to get a new computer, and for whatever reason, this version of my computer is not compatible with Audacity. So then I had to pull up GarageBand and figure that out, which is a whole thing because I have so many buttons and controls and a bunch of things that I don't need. And anyway, now we are recording, but that is just a tiny, tiny, tiny piece of what I have been going with internally today. And by the way, <laughs> um, today is going to be a Q&A episode, which I'm really excited about. I love doing Q&A episodes because I field these questions on Instagram. They are coming from you all. And I obviously, if I'm going to be spending time talking about anything, I want it to be the things that you actually want to hear about. So I'm really excited to dive into those questions, but before we go there, I thought that I would give a tiny little quarantine update for you because up until this point, ever since all of this craziness, this Corona COVID quarantine stuff started happening, up until this point, I've been pretty cool, calm, and collected, right? And I think, and I know that a lot of that has to do with the fact that like our lives haven't changed that much. Chris and I were already working from home. Our businesses haven't been affected too much, you know, um, besides the, the store situation and, you know, not being able to have our nanny come in and help us, which is a really big deal. Besides that, it's been manageable. I've been pretty positive about it. I've been really good about being able to find the silver lining and a lot of these new inconveniences that we are all dealing with now. Okay. Pat on my back. Yay. But today, this morning, my little positivity bubble officially bursted. And I guess it's it's definitely been the first time since this has happened. And it wasn't like a complete meltdown, but it was definitely like just a moment where it all came crashing down. And I lost my cool for a minute. And I yelled at my kid and just I had a moment. And I'm going to dissect it all here in just a moment. Not because I'm wanting to overindulge or because definitely not because I'm proud of my behavior because I'm not. I'm pretty embarrassed about it. So why am I choosing to share it on here? I'm choosing to share it on here because, and I've talked about this before, I'm just, I'm in a unique situation where I have this platform that people tune into and listen to. And I just think that if that is your situation, no matter how big or small, whether you have one person listening in or one million, 
you have a responsibility to, within reason, show all sides of the story. If you're talking about business, if you're talking about life, motherhood, whatever it is, whatever your niche is, I think it is only responsible to share the good and the bad within reason, right? And I've totally been guilty in the past of not talking enough about the bad stuff. And it wasn't because I wanted to, that wasn't intentional or planned, but it was more so like when I'm going through a funk, when things suck, I'm not like, I don't want to talk about it. I I'm kind of one of those people that kind of like bury it deep and keep it moving because I hate being in that space. So the last thing that I was doing was coming on here or on Instagram and sharing that. But then I was being one of those people that was only sharing the good stuff. And that's just, that's not responsible. And it's more than anything, not realistic. So if I've ever led anybody to believe that things are rainbows and daisies over here every day, I'm very sorry, because that could not be further from the truth. Life is good. Life is really, really good. And I have so much to be thankful for. And I'm pretty good at staying in the gratitude space, but but still, it's definitely not the full picture. Okay, so that's why I'm sharing this today, and I don't know, like I'm no expert over here, and I don't know, I guess like just sharing a bit of the real with you, and because I know that a lot of you are in similar situations as I am, a lot of you are in worse situations physically, mentally, financially. And if you're losing your crap and you're having funky days and you just don't feel like yourself, I'm not sharing this because I want you to live there. Like, I don't want you to overindulge in it. But I guess this is me saying like, hey, I'm there with you today too. And it's normal because things are not normal right now. And I want you to get over it like I am and and come out the other side. But like, let's give ourselves some grace and some compassion. And this is me just, again, giving a bit of the real, okay? So the real, real. All right. So let me set the stage for you. And by the way, if you're not into this and like you don't feel like listening to me gripe today. (laughs) By the way, I don't know if you can tell, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to not cuss. Um, I don't know if you, (laughs) I'm just gonna, this is me just confessing all my sins. I'm a cusser. Okay. Not, not something that I'm proud of, but I cuss. And, but I've, I've decided, you know, every once in a while I'll let one slip on this podcast, but I've decided that I don't want to do that anymore because I know that I have a lot of mamas listening with their kids and I want you to keep listening and I don't want you to be fearful that I'm going to drop a dirty word while you're listening with your kids. Okay. So if you hear me say some dorky sayings like effing and freaking, but anyway, if you don't want to hear this part and you just want to get to the questions, no worries. Um, Go ahead and fast forward. This shouldn't take too long, but I think some people will appreciate hearing it, which is why I've decided to share it. So here it goes. Let me set the stage for you. I think I've already mentioned we have moved into our new place, which is incredible, and we are obsessed and just over the moon excited and thankful. But it has been a process. Man, oh man. Okay, so prior to this move, I've never moved a full house before except when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, we moved a lot, but I was younger and it wasn't my responsibility. So 
prior to this move, the only time I've ever moved was like when I was in my 20s and I was moving to different apartments and I was always like a roommate, you know, so I would have like my bed in a, in a room full of stuff. So it was maybe like a day long, day and a half long process tops. And I've never moved a full house before. And I totally underestimated the road that lay ahead for us. Okay. So just so many things in that in and of itself, which led to me having my, my breaking point today. First of all, packing and unpacking. We are still not done. The house is in complete disarray. I don't know where half of my things are. We are still not done moving things from the old house. There's a lot. We're actually renting that house. So there's so much to be done to get that rent worthy and you know ready to get on the market. So we're dealing with that. House is in complete disarray. On top of that, just the overall exhaustion from moving. We've been going to bed later because we can only do so much with Cruz. So we're having to do a lot of things after he goes down to bed. So we're going to bed later. Therefore, I'm sleeping in. Um, I used to be really big about waking up a little bit earlier than cruise so I could do my journaling and do my mindfulness, maybe get a workout in, or at the very least, just have a cup of coffee before the craziness ensues. That has not been happening. I have not worked out in a good two weeks, which I could go into like a full-on shame spiral in that in and of itself because I've been so, like, before quarantine, I feel like I had finally gotten into maybe the best shape of my life. I've been going to Orange Theory and running and just, like, all the cardio, and I was being really, really consistent, and that went to a full halt, and for a minute there, I was, like, doing my at-home workouts and maintaining a little bit. But, you know, again, with the move, everything has just stopped. And that's totally on me. I totally could have made it more of a priority like it is or like it should be. But I didn't drop the ball there. So I haven't worked out in two weeks. So my energy is low. We don't have our nanny right now because this quarantine situation, we just felt like um, in order to maintain her health and our health, you know, probably be better that we press pause on having her come to the house for now. So, you know, we're doing all of this plus trying to maintain our jobs and our business with cruise home. Anything else? Have I set the stage? I think I have. All right. So anyway, I wake up today. I sleep till seven, which I hate doing. I get up with crews and I'm already, you know, when you can just tell like, oh, you know, we're walking a fine line here. I'm already a little irritated. I'm tired. I'm just mm, like, I need my coffee. I need something stat, but nothing's really, nothing's really turning things around for me. So Chris and I have set up this system where in the mornings I have cruise until he goes down for a nap and then he takes a nap and then Chris has him for the duration for the rest of the afternoon. Okay. So Chris gets up and he works till the end of Cruz's nap time. I work from the beginning of his nap time till five or six o'clock at night. And that sounds nice, like, you know, and it's been working okay. But first of all, I'm making a change with that, like, ASAP, because holy crap, six hours with a two-year-old and then trying to work, like, no. By the time he goes down for a nap, the last thing that I'm ready to do is work. I need like a shot of vodka, a shot of espresso, a bath, and a nap stat. Not like try and sit down and record a podcast and get back to clients and do all the creative things that I want to do. 
Okay, so we're going to be making a switch there. But anyway, that's that's kind of like what we've been doing. So I had him this morning and I needed to get ready for the day. So I do what I usually do. I close this in the room. I put on Blippy. If you know, you know. I throw a prayer up to the Lord, get Cruzy a snack, and I start getting ready. And Cruz did great for a little bit, but he's two. So eventually, Blippy loses his attention, and Cruz then turns to all the new fun things that he gets to explore in this house. So he starts rearranging furniture, he's getting on the bed, he's just like, he's into everything, he's two, right? So I'm, here I am trying to get ready, trying to get my mind right, trying to keep him alive, and I'm getting just increasingly frustrated. And then he takes a lamp, which we don't have a lot of like, nice pieces of furniture in this house yet, but these lamps are like one of the nicer things that we have right now. And he gets one of these lamps and he, he takes it off the side table and he wants to like play with it and inspect it. And it's unplugged. And I decide, you know what? It's going to hold his attention for a few minutes. Surely to God, he's not going to break it. I'm just going to, I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to interfere with this one. Well, soon enough, it does, you know, he does get over it and he goes to play with something else, but then he brings a toy over. He drops the toy on the lamp and he breaks the freaking lamp. And this is not the thing that pulled me over the edge. I was, I handled it well. It was one of my better mom moments. You know, I was stern, but I kept my cool. He knew that I wasn't pleased, but it was like, I handled it well, I think, okay? But inside, I'm losing my crap. Inside, I'm just like, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just, I'm pissed, right? Like, I'm resenting Chris at this point, and I'm, I'm just, I'm getting increasingly angry. So I handle that, I clean up the glass, I put it away, I get him resituated, I go back to getting ready. He then runs into the bathroom. He grabs the first thing that he can grab on the counter, which was my liquid foundation. And he runs like he stole it. Okay. He runs like somebody was after him and somebody was, it was me because now he is running full speed ahead with my liquid foundation and our pristine brand new house. And I run after him. I go to grab it. I don't want to grab it too hard because the cap is off and it could go anywhere on our floors, on our walls, on the white bedspread. So I'm trying to get it, but he then like grabs onto it. He will not let it go. It starts spilling out. And at that point, I just broke. I I want to say I yelled. It was it was more of like almost a, like a half yell, half scream. I don't even know where it came from. Like it came out of me and I it shocked me. Like I was looking around like who was that? It it totally it came out of nowhere. It was so just from the depths of my soul and Hades, okay? And it shocked me. It shocked Cruz. He started crying. I immediately regretted it. I immediately felt guilty and was then pissed off at myself and just broke down. I broke down. And at that point, I just had to cool it. I had to take a deep breath. I had to get Chris down and have him take over for a few minutes and I needed to take a breather because I just, I felt it coming. It was building, it was building, it was building and I finally just erupted. And what I did to kind of like turn things around was I handed him off to Chris and I went on a walk. Well, first I drank some water. 
I like chugged some water because I have not been drinking enough water. I made myself a good breakfast because I haven't been eating well. And then I went on a walk and I just breathed and did my best to remind myself what I already know, which, you know, are all the things that I have to be grateful for and thankful for and all of the amazing things that are unfolding for us and continue to and our health and you know, did my best to remind myself that even though things are hectic right now and I feel like I don't have much control over our situation right now, I'm at least quarantined with the people that I love most and we have our health and that's the most important thing. Like that's what I need to be focused on. And it helped a little bit. It made me feel a little bit better, but I was still like, I still feel even as I'm recording this, I'm just tired. I remember like I came back inside and I'm just doing my best. And I don't know about you, but anytime I'm like trying to force my mood to get better, it almost like gets worse. (laughs) Um, But I'm just, you know, I'm at least calmed down by now. And I like sit down for a second and my eyes, like, like behind my eyes just felt so heavy, just like this this wave of utter exhaustion came over me and I look up at the clock and it was 9 a.m. Okay. And I could have I could have laid down right then and taking a taken a full on that. So I think like like I said, this was just like my first moment where it crap finally hit the fan for me. And I'm choosing to give myself some grace and love and compassion and all the things. But it just tells me to, or it shows me the importance and something that I already know and I preach about myself, but it's a good reminder to me of the importance of taking care of yourself and self-care and um, maintaining some form of routine if you're like me and you thrive on routine, but at the very, very least, making sure that you're getting good sleep and eating well and moving your body in some way. Like I, I forgot how much of an impact that has on my mental state and especially, especially my energy, which is the last thing that needs to be off right now. And it totally is. So I am choosing to handle this with some grace and get back into my routine ASAP. So I don't know, like I said, I just want to share that just to show you that, um, like if you're feeling the same way, if you are having moments of (laughs) breakdowns as well, you're not alone. And I don't want... I've already said this, but like, I don't want us to live there. I don't want us to overindulge in it, but like, you're not alone. And maybe this will serve as a reminder too, and something that we can all do together just to like, get back into the good habits that we had before, or maybe start forming better habits. Like just because we're stuck at home all day is not an excuse to be, I don't know doing a bunch of crap that isn't good for us. Okay. Anyway, that's it. Uh, I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna get back to your regular scheduled programming here and get to your questions. All right. So the first question that we're going to dig into is from Jess. I'm not going to say the full Instagram name, but if I can figure out what the name is, I'm going to say who it is from, who it's from, not from. And this is from Jess. And her question is, what are my top tips for growing a business through Instagram? This is a deep question. This There's a lot to that we could get into here. But I, okay, so she did ask for my top tips. So if I had to sum it up, my top tips to growing a business through Instagram... I would say I think the best way outside of ads and spending money, like the top organic way would be through collaborations. I think that that's the smartest thing that you can do to grow your audience because not only is it free, you know, it it does take time to get these things set up, 
and to build relationships with people that you would want to do collaborations with because a lot of people, whenever you first reach out to them, they may not be ready to collaborate with you. So oftentimes, if you don't have a lot of people to collaborate with, you have to start building those relationships and then it takes time to organize some sort of collaboration. But when you can do that strategically and do it well with people who are in similar or complementary niches as you are, it works like magic. And uh, anytime that I've done a collaboration, like anytime that I've done a story takeover, I'm always shocked at the results and how well they work. And every single time I get done and I'm like, wow, I need to do more of those which I don't. (laughs) I'm totally guilty of focusing on other things, but totally like that is my favorite way to grow because it's free and you can be so targeted. And another example besides myself here would be um, my friend Rachel from, um, she's at Creighton Cottage on Instagram. She is my old neighbor now since we've moved And if you go back a few episodes, you can hear the interview that I did with her, but she now has over a hundred thousand followers. It's probably well over a hundred thousand now. And she grew completely from collaborations and doing group shares and giveaways and things with other women in her niche and her industry. And, um, and now just has this incredible following. And this is something that I teach and that I go into extensively in influence to income that I teach like my, my clients. And I definitely get, I don't know, I wouldn't call it pushback, but people don't love that answer because it does require you to do the work. It does require you to build relationships and lay the groundwork to to get collaboration ready, right? Like build those relationships is what I mean by that. Like it requires work and people really want the short answer, the magic trick, the magic pill that's going to work. But If that was out there, we'd all be doing it and would have a bajillion followers, but that's not the case. And I've tried a lot of different things to grow my audience, including hiring a growth service, which worked well at the time, but now isn't working so great because Instagram is cracked down. I've done things like... um, Blind giveaways, which let's just dive into blind giveaways for a minute. I think if I had to give, this wasn't a question that anybody asked, but I'm just going to offer it up right now because I've been reflecting a lot on it. I think my biggest regret on Instagram thus far is participating in a blind giveaway. And if you don't know what that is, maybe you've received an offer to do one, um, I know I I don't get them as much anymore, but like a few months ago, definitely like a year ago, I was getting so many emails and DMs to be, to participate in these mass giveaways. And I think you can participate for free in them, but you have to like share a graphic on your page, which I didn't want to do. So I chose to do the blind version, which is where you pay to be part of the giveaway, but you don't have to share anything on your feed. So this is something that actually Rachel and I tested out together um, because, you know, we're both, we both have businesses on Instagram and we have both heard a lot about them, hadn't tried them. So we decided, hey, let's just give it a whirl. And we both tested it out and I paid a hundred dollars to be in this giveaway. And this specific one was geared more towards women. So it was target. <laughs> I knew it wasn't very targeted, but at least it was women. So I was like, well, you know, why not? I paid $100 and this was supposed to grow my following like a thousand people. So I did it. I tested it out. And within 24 hours, I think I grew 3,000 followers. I mean, it was unreal how many followers I got from this giveaway. Now, let me be clear here. 
These were real followers, okay? I did not buy fake followers. And while we're on the subject, we'll just dive into that here in just a second too. Hopefully I won't forget. Um, These were real followers and I checked. But the problem was, although they were probably 99% women, they were not my demographic. Like, not even close. You can just tell. And it uh, the problem with this is when they're not targeted and you participate in something like this where it's not very targeted, you might grow some followers, which is great, and it's like that instant gratification type thing. But the problem here is these people, although they chose to follow me, at the end of the day, we're not interested in the content that I create. Therefore, they did not engage with it. Therefore, they never see my posts. Even though a lot of them are still following me, they do not engage with my content. So, okay, so let me back up. I grew about like 3,000 followers. A lot of those dropped off, like a lot. I think by the end of it, I probably had netted a thousand more followers than I initially had by the end of it. Because a lot of them, you know, they follow you to participate and then with every intention of unfollowing you. So by the end, probably grew about a thousand new followers, but they were not very targeted, therefore they weren't interested in my stuff, therefore they never engaged in my content, therefore I don't show up in their feeds because they're telling Instagram since they don't engage with my stuff, that they don't want to see me, my stuff in their feeds. And the problem with this is, is now I had a thousand extra followers that weren't engaging with me. So this brought my whole average, like think of the the algorithm and your engagement, like it goes by averages, basically. Um, So the higher your engagement, the more love you're going to get in the algorithm, the more Instagram is going to show your stuff to more people, which is going to increase your engagement, right? So now I've added in these followers, but they're not engaging. So that brought my whole engagement average down, which screwed me up in the algorithm big time. And I can tell a definitely a big difference. And now it's like, what can you do? I could go through all of my 15,000 followers and try and like find people that are following me that probably don't engage with my stuff. But I don't want to do that. I don't have time to do that. Um, you know, and then it, like, it's not just like deleting them. You have to like then go to each account and like basically block them. I don't know. So there's really nothing I can do. So I I share this story with you just to tell you that if something sounds too good to be true, it is as far as social media is concerned. It totally is. And I'm glad that I can speak on that and teach on that for you. I'm really glad that that was not something that I taught in any of my courses. That was not something that I led any of my clients to try out. Um, so at least it was just me that was getting burned here. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that it happened because I can share it with you now. But, um, but that's just a, a prime example of like, you're really not doing yourself any favors by trying to take these shortcuts. The fastest way to getting what you want, at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with your followers. It matters about your engagement. When people are paying attention to your content and engaging on your content, that means more people are going to see when you're talking about your business, which will lead to more sales and to more conversions. That is what's going to move the needle in your business. And you can get that with just a few hundred really engaged followers. So I just want to remind you that it's totally not about the number. It's about the quality of people that are following you and being interested in what you have to share. And it doesn't have to be a lot to be significant in your business. Now, before I move on, and I know that this is like the longest answer in the history of the world, but I said that I would touch on buying fake followers. And I'm going to do that right here. I've never done it. Um, but I've heard of a lot of people doing it. And 
I never really like knew what that looked like. Like, how do you know if somebody's bought fake followers? Well, I figured it out and it is, it's so shady. So how do I share this in a way that isn't going to be obvious? So I, I didn't collaborate with this person. Hmm. I came in contact with somebody on Instagram who wanted to work together on a certain thing. And this person is a good person as far as I can tell. I don't know her very well, um, but like seemed like a good person. It, it was a really good match niche wise. So like, yeah, I was all for it. And she had this massive following, right? Huge following. And I was like, dang, she must really know what she's doing. She must be doing a great job. So I was following her. And every time I saw one of her posts, her engagement was through the roof. And well, I should say her likes were through the roof. And that was my first, like that tipped me off because I've been doing this long enough to know the kind of content that's going to get good engagement on Instagram. I'm not always able to hit the mark every time (laughs) um, as hard as I try, but I, you can tell, like when you see a post, you can tell if it's going to get good engagement or not. And you can totally tell the posts that like, aren't going to get good engagement. And her posts just like aesthetically were not hitting the mark to achieve the type of engagement that it was achieving or that it at least seemed to be achieving. So that is what started like tipping off my BS alarm. So I took a, a look a bit further and I tapped on the people liking her stuff And it was at that point, like totally obvious what was going on. She was buying engagement. She was buying followers. And what this looked like was almost every single person that was liking her stuff was, it was like a name followed by, I think, an underscore and then like a long number. Every single one was like that. It was like a name underscore and a long number, or it was like a name and a long number, but all of them had this really long random number on it. And they had profile photos, like they looked like normal people. But when you click on each of them, they had zero posts, zero followers, and they were following zero people. It was just like a totally blank account. And that was every single person that liked her, her picture. So I go to her followers, I clicked on her followers and same exact thing. It was like most of them were these like really weird accounts. And I was just like, dang. And one, I just like, I'm not judging her because we're all just doing the best that we can. But I know that that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's helping her business or not because like it fooled me at first. Like at first I saw that number and I didn't think twice about it. And that's social proof. Like I immediately gave her instant credibility in my mind. And I was like, she must know what she's talking about because she has all, she's getting all this great engagement. She's, she put out consistent content. Um, but like it was instant credibility in my mind. So that could, I guess, help her business to an extent, like if nobody was to really look into it and buy her product, right? And I'm not saying that like her product, I I don't know anything about what she was selling, okay? So I'm not judging her because you're just doing the best you can. But why I'm sharing that with you right now is because, again, our goal here is to grow our businesses, Our goal is to share about our product or service and educate people on it to sell more of that thing, right? Like to provide value and to grow our businesses. And how you sell something on Instagram is not through a bunch of fake followers. It is through real people that are really engaged with you that know, like, and trust you enough to buy from you. Fake followers aren't going to do that. A bunch of followers that aren't at the end of the day interested in what you have to share is not going to do that. So this is coming full circle here back to my original answer to my friend Jess who asked, 
what is the top way to, what was the question, to grow your audience? Let me check. Top tips for growing your business through Insta. So that is why my top tip is through collaborations with people that are in complementary businesses and niches because it may be a slower growth in the beginning, but it's going to be so much more effective than taking the magic pill and ultimately it doing nothing for you. Okay, (laughs) that's such a long answer, but I feel like you needed to hear that. Okay, on to number two. Abigail asked, how do I build confidence in my own skills if I'm starting a handmade design business? So I don't know what handmade design, I guess like maybe an Etsy shop. I I assume that's what she means. Like she's making something and she's just started this business. So first of all, congratulations. That's really exciting. And how you build confidence in your own skills is through practice, right? And I assume if you started this business that you've been doing this for at least some time, right? Like I assume you have some experience in this. Um, And if not, that's okay too. But in my experience, which is the only thing that I can really speak to, I gain confidence by doing. And I gain confidence by testing things out trying things, screwing up royally, like the blind giveaway thing, and learning. And by doing that over and over and over and over again, I've built up my confidence as a coach and as an educator and as an online business owner. And I by no means know everything that there is to know, obviously, and I have so much more to learn, but like my level of knowledge and experience and confidence now is night and day compared to what it was a year ago, maybe even six months ago. So Abigail, what I encourage you to do is don't rely on your confidence, right? Like right now, if you're just getting started, and you're relying on your confidence to take action and showcase your product, but you don't have much of it yet, which I'm going to assume that's where you at, where you're at because you asked the question, don't like you can't rely on your confidence because you don't have it built up yet. So just trust that you are going to learn by taking action. That's the only way that you can learn, right? Like you don't learn how to drive a car by reading about it. You learn how to drive a car and you learn how to grow a business and and adopt a skill by actually doing the thing. So trust on that and and just remind yourself that the fastest way to build this confidence and the fastest way to get through this awkward new stage is by taking action, not by procrastinating and, and pushing it to the back burn and constantly letting your fear win, but by taking action and not being scared to screw it up royally because you will and it's not a bad thing. That is how you learn. I am proof of this. All right. Amanda asked, any journal prompts or places to gain clarity on what subject to create an online course? That's a really interesting question. So, journal prompts, hmm, not any that come to mind right now. Usually, I look at these questions before I dive into them, but I'm just like going off the cuff today because I need to knock this out. So, I don't have any journal prompts yet, except, well, okay, back up. Maybe you could journal on, like, in your perfect world, what would you be doing for a business? In a perfect world, if you could teach people and walk people through how to do one thing, what would that thing be? Even if it's something that you have no experience in, even if it seems crazy, I think like getting it out on paper and giving yourself the freedom to get it out and kind of like exploring your imagination a little bit and allowing yourself the freedom to dream I think that that's really, really powerful because we can create a bad habit of playing small and not allowing ourselves to really go there and, 
and go to the places that like we want to go in terms of our dreams and our goals. And we can certainly just play small, like I already said. So I think that that would be an interesting place to start. Like best case scenario, what would you be doing? And if it's something that you already know how to do, awesome, do that. Like create a course, like if you're really good at knitting beanies and you want to teach a course on how to do that, and even if it's something you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make money off of this thing, but that sounds rad, like test it out. Why not? You know, you could really go deep in that niche. I'm sure there are people out there who want to also learn how to knit beanies or something similar. If it's something that sounds really cool to you, but you don't have experience in, then in that case, how do you gain experience? Can you take a course? Can you get some practice and devote a couple of months to in your free time learning how to do this thing so then you can turn around and teach it? That's what I would do. Um, my only suggestion here is you definitely want that experience, right? Like you don't want to take a course and turn around and teach what you learned in that course without taking the time to be a practitioner and learn from it. That's what I don't want you to do because I just feel like that's not honest. But other than that, allow yourself to to ask yourself that question. What do you really want to teach? And do it, please. Okay, so I just realized how long this episode is already because I didn't have the time turned on. So um, this will be my last question that I'm going to answer for this one, but I will have a part two and I, I will get to the rest of them. So if you submitted a question and I didn't answer it on this one, no worries. I'm going to be covering all of them, I promise. So the last question that we're going to get to today is from Kerna. Yeah, Kerna. That's a cool name. She asked how to build biz how to build a business when quarantine has made you lose time that you used to use. So sounds like she probably has some kids at home like me and a lot of us or maybe she's also had to let her nanny go or babysitter or has just lost, you know, whatever form of childcare, whatever the case may be. She has less time to work on her business than she used to. Um, this is really interesting. And this, I feel like it's totally the time situation. I for sure have way less time now to work on my business than I did just a couple of weeks ago before I had from nine to five, that was my time to work, which was absolutely incredible. Now I have half of that if I'm lucky. Um, and this is something that a lot of days, like today, I can totally go down the rabbit hole of being negative about and feeling resentful and just icky about, right? Um, that's easy to do. But I will say this is something that I've noticed, and this is my way of like turning lemons into lemonade. This reminds me so much of before we could afford a nanny when I only had time, like nap time hustle to work on my business, this takes me right back to that time. And although it was more stressful and I definitely had more urgency and could only, like I didn't have the luxury to work on a lot of the fun, creative things that I wanted to, um, I did get a lot done during that time because I didn't have the luxury to screw around, right? Like I had two, three hours tops to get the most important things done and I did it. And I totally feel like we're temporarily back in that spot and there are, you know, you can always look at a situation in the positive or the negative. The negative is that sucks and that's stressful. The positive is, well, you know what? Now, like, I got to get stuff done. And it's made me, on the days where I have energy, it's made me way more focused and get, like, the important money-making activities done. Because, like, at the end of the day, you have to get those things done to keep your business operating. So it's just made me more focused. And I guess that that's what I encourage you to do. 
what fluff can you get rid of? Like, can you maybe hire a VA to take care of the little things, you know, pay them a few bucks an hour to take care of the little, um, tedious things that you really could easily hand off to somebody else. So you can focus on the more important things, the things that other people can't do. That could be one way to kind of help yourself out there and and be more productive. Um, So yeah, what can you take off your plate? What can you take off completely? What can you pass off to somebody else? And for me, like I have, I've just stuck to the most important things in the day. What do I have to get done today, period? And a lot of times this means that I am working in the evenings again when I, for a while I thought I was done with that, but this is temporary and you have to do what you have to do. So that's what I encourage you to do. What are the most important things and get them done, period, and get rid of all the other fluff. All right. So that's all we got for today. Thank you for listening to my um, my breakdown story earlier. I hope this helped you. I hope hearing the Q&A helped you as well. And um, if so, feel free to share this out to whomever might need it or enjoy it. I love it so much when you share these on your stories. That is a great way to say thank you or just show some love if this did help you in any way. But other than that, again, I hope you and your family are safe and well and holding it together for the most part. Drink your water, move your body, get some rest. This too shall pass. We're going to get through this. Love you guys. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women as possible. And if this episode helped you in any way, you can directly impact my efforts by simply sharing a screenshot of this to your social media or team. Also, if you're looking for additional support, feel free to find me on Instagram at Allie I Reeves and or join the free Six Figure Influencer Facebook group.